Play the fucking intro. This is Dustin. And this is Eric. And this is SLC Punkcast. Thank you for joining us for episode 205. As per usual, it's a great one. Full of great, great tracks, great bands, and yet another interview. Uh, We might have a break on the interviews on next episode. We'll see. But otherwise, we're going to pick it back up and keep the interviews rolling. It's great to talk to bands, people in the bands, Getting insight on their music and yeah. what they're doing, and so many people in the in the scene, in the scene that we're into, are just like everybody else. They just have a, a way cooler hobby or a way they spend their free time than some of the rest of us. Oh yeah, there's <laughs> always a there's always a that thing, the lowest common denominator. Yeah, everyone's as as we said in one of the interviews, I can't remember if it was this one or the next one that we'll be doing, but it's uh, it was they always brought up, yeah, punk rock is still very much a working class genre, and the majority of which we all have uh, jobs to make ends meet, we all gotta pay rent, we all gotta do this and that just to keep our heads above water, yet we still find time to make music. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, the interview on this one will be interviewing Ashley Grant of The Stereotypes. It is a great interview. Uh, if you're unfamiliar oh, yeah. with The Stereotypes, you're going to get familiar with The Stereotypes. We'll be playing some oh, of their yes. tracks, interview, and so forth later in the episode. But before we get there, let's do some new stuff. Real quick, new stuff that had come out and will be coming out. We're going to start on March 25th. The Bruce Lee Band released a new single called Division in the Heartland. Uh, Space Cadet uh, released Lion on a Leash on the 26th. That's a couple guys from the band The Explosion. Loved The Explosion. Uh, I remember those guys. Right? Uh, Kings Never Die. It's What We Live For EP they released on the 26th. Kill the Con Man released Operation Just Cause on the 26th. Beton Army and Ultra Razia released a split, but it's not like a new split. They both put out demos in 2018 and 2017 respectively and those demos combined so it's more of a like a vinyl collectors thing but you can go get the digital if you haven't picked those demos up individually from the bands you can get them all in one place at this point uh go check them out on primator crew and then countdown to life also on the 26th released govern yourself accordingly and Overbase was released uh let's see where they released that punk and disorderly records there we go uh they re-released it because it was originally released in 1997 they're a band out of montreal i was just reading about this this morning i got the release date so again originally released in 1997 but on the 26th released on vinyl and the album was historious it's a band based out of montreal but they sing they have songs in english in french and in spanish and it's all bass guitars in the band as well, hence the name Over Bass. So it's definitely something you should check out if you have not before. The Analogs, this Friday on the 31st, is releasing an album called, uh, well, spelled C-H-W-D-P. It's in Polish. I don't know how you pronounce that. 
Uh, Punk and Disorderly Records, speaking of them, will be releasing International Mayhem, which is a compilation on the 31st. Fearless Veterans will be releasing FV. It's an EP on the 31st. Toxic Origin is releasing No Love on the 31st. On April 1st, The Sams. April 1st, I said that, or the 31st. That's today. That's Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, I think I said <laughs> Friday. That's a lot of releases. I don't know why so many releases on a Wednesday, but that's uh, that's all on Wednesday. I was I was wrong. It's the the first, which is Thursday, the Sams are releasing Karma EP, and we'll be doing an interview coming up uh, from Total Massacre. Go to their Bandcamp page. They have a new single that'll be there and only on Bandcamp. It is Joel the Punisher, I believe, right? Isn't that what yeah. we said? It, it, it's not Jose yeah. the Punisher. It's Joel the Punisher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those of you who don't understand, you will get the reference when we... Uh, in the next couple of episodes. Yep. <laughs> Stay tuned on 207. Uh, on this Friday, there, there's going to be more. I'm sure my inbox will get filled up by or on Friday morning. But Incisions is releasing Bliss. And Left Alone is coming out with Checkers and Plaid. Great one. We've played some tracks off of it. Love Left Alone just released an episode on Punkinoy Worldwide. Uh, ska, all ska tracks and played one of the tracks from checkers and plaid on that episode that just came out yesterday on the ninth next friday the dirtiest is releasing sovereignista chasers releasing dreams worst doubt releasing extinction rude city riot will be releasing shady schemes and molotov dreams Come Closer will be releasing Pretty Garbage, and Ship of Fools will be releasing Status Quo, which is a single. I believe they have a new release that will be coming up after that. Eric, that's all I've got. What do you have? Well, what I got is uh, something very interesting. The uh, band See You Space Cowboy is teasing a split with another band called If I Die First. And uh, two vastly different. Uh, See Space Cowboy is very intense, uh, mathy style hardcore. And If I Die First is a little bit more on the melodic hardcore side. So, and they just released a uh, collaborative track for the split where it's like the first two songs will be See You Space Cowboy. The last two are going to be If I Die First. But the middle one is a collaborative of both of their bands. Wow. Yeah, and that's the song that they, that's the single that they released yesterday. It's called Bloodstained Eyes. They released it as a music video. It's available on the band camps of the respective bands. So you can uh, check that out. The split will be coming out. It won't be coming out until May. So, uh, so yeah, it's still a ways off. But what is out right now is a new single from The Bronx called White Shadow that came out on the 26th. And The Bronx are also doing this, teasing a new album, which uh, will be coming out. Uh, way later, August 27th, it's going to be their fourth album. And also the band Extinguish is, they will be releasing their self-titled EP, which I have reviewed and listened to. Wonderful, straight, hardcore. That's not coming out till the 23rd of April. Okay. Uh, but for the but for the time being, their single Blood Runs Cold, as well as, uh, I forgot the other title. They have two singles out right now on their band camp, which... Uh, yeah, Blood Runs Cold, that came out on the 21st. Still there. Go listen. And yeah, once again, Wrath of Gods is still teasing. Ha- haven't had a release date yet. So for all I know, it could be within the next 10 days or the next 10 months of, <laughs> their, uh, <laughs> of their official EP, the follow-up to their demo. So I'm excited to see what those guys are doing. But, 
But yep, that's all I got for uh, new tracks coming about. All right. Well, there was a new track or new split anyway that came out this month. We are on the 31st. On the 1st, a new split came out. March 1st, that yep. is. Eric, you picked a track from it. Let's uh, tell us about it. Yes, I did. So uh, we are, of course, referring to the split that was with Gulch and Tsunami. And a couple episodes uh, ago, I played one of the songs from Gulch. And I promised that I would give Tsunami the recognition that they deserve. And I am doing it now. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, Tsunami, they're from, uh, they're from San Jose, California. They don't really have any other... Uh, social medias available save for a twitter account right. yeah much like the band extinguish they only have a twitter account as well so right kind of weird how i'm coming across these bands who uh and i don't even have a twitter i don't either not anymore i don't so, either got yeah. rid of mine too yeah so it's just it's kind of weird but but still i mean at least it's out there and and of course Bandcamp. that should that should be the go-to for any new bands you want to discover is go check it out on Bandcamp. agreed uh yeah but anyway uh sparsely different band really more straightforward uh beat downy hardcore <laughs> uh much of the same vein as your average uh terror or expire or uh, you know the updated hate breed pretty much and and yeah if you're into that style uh then yeah, Gulch fans will be privy to that as well as kind of a maybe an introduction and vice versa with Tsunami fans discovering Gulch. Excellent. Because, yeah, Gulch, they had that thrashy kind of a, a metallic emblem that bolsters up on the crack rock gutter punk vibe, you know, just replaced the ska with thrash bits pretty much. <laughs> and this one is just best described as straight forward, pummeling, slamming, metal tinge, groove tinge. Hard fucking core. <laughs> this is this is tsunami. This is the song I chose. Die slow. That's fun. I ain't never gonna be shit. And you less of a man than me, so soon as I decide that you ain't gonna be shit, pow, so be it. You remember that, motherfucker.
my own You let me down I should have fucking known Die slow. Yeah, there you go. And it's kind of nice that we're seeing, uh, at least for me personally, that in the middle of the song, you kind of have a little, uh, a little movie part, you know, where someone is saying some really, uh, really edgy, fucked up shit, <laughs> just to like <laughs> lead in. Usually, it's to lead in the breakdown, but this one is just leading in the intro track. It's uh, that's what got me. It just came out of nowhere. I'm like, okay good this stuff is getting a bit of a revival because <laughs> yeah it's a little bit of a little bit of a trend but a lot of bands i know crow killer was doing that a bit on their uh on their last album not quite a bit but they had a yeah the lead into the breakdown was uh you know angels you know the filthy angels or something like that movie from home alone right but, you know i'm Give you to the count of ten to get your ugly yellow no good keister off my property before I pump your guts full of lead. You know, that going on while the little buildup is going. Then as soon as he starts shooting the gun, the breakdown ensues. Right. So yeah. So yeah, I guess that. Uh, yeah, I get. I guess some people could just see it as like a little, uh, as like a crutch or even as a gimmick. But and that hasn't been in the scene quite a bit. So I like that. Stuff like that is coming back. As long as it's not overused, we're fine. Right. Yep. So there we go. I paid I paid homage to Tsunami as well as Gulch. We can put that split to rest and just listen to it as uh, as free as we want to. Excellent. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. That is that is a good idea. Maybe we should listen to music for enjoyment instead of uh, being critical. <laughs> Sometimes uh, you definitely got to do that. Over overdoing it, it from the aspect that we do it sometimes. So it's good to be able just to find something that you enjoy and get out and listen to it just for the enjoyment purposes. Indeed, and uh, and yeah, this will definitely be one of those splits. I assure you. <laughs> well, we have a whole bunch more music. A bunch of bands reached out. We want to get in as much as we can. I'm gonna everything that I having a hard time getting to. I don't want to wait so long, and some I have unfortunately. Over on Punkinoy Worldwide coming up in the next week or two, I'll have an episode featuring trying to get, you know, as much of it as I can in there that we don't get on this show or on Punkinoy Worldwide. So first up, we're gonna play the band Second Best, but there's no O in second. It's S E C N D best. <laughs> I wanna second. thank Second Second Best. Uh, I wanna thank Kyle for reaching out to us and sharing his music. The the band Second Best released No Indigo. New album on uh, January first. Sorry, January one twenty nine twenty one. That's what I'm looking at. So that translates into January 29th of twenty twenty one. So new stuff. They're a band from Portland, Oregon, and they've been a band since two thousand and two. So nineteen years as a band. Congratulations to them. We're gonna check out a track from that new release, No Indigo. It's called Bow Your Heads.
That was second best. Bow your heads. Go check out the new album, No Indigo. I think, you know, there's definitely other comparisons that can be made too, but the two that came to mind is vocally the way that the lyrics were coming across in the song, very System of a Down esque to me. And yeah. even though it's not the same style of music, uh, heavy and fast nonetheless. And then Presidents of the United States of America. You remember that band? Oh, yes. She's Lump. Yes. <laughs> Uh, there were periods when the song was just a little bit slower, and it kind of reminded me of that. Those those were two that, that came to mind, and I mean those in the best ways possible because I do, even though I don't listen to the Presidents of the United States of America that often anymore, still like the band, and I love System of a Down. So uh, I think that that one turned out great. I want to thank Kyle again for, for sharing that with the Swing. Check it out. Yeah. Yeah, I see the system reference. Uh, musically, it reminds me of the uh, of the current Dirty Nil, where they're getting a little faster and heavier, you know, implementing some more of their metal style. So it kind of had that feel to it. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I guess a little more sociopolitically charged uh, Dirty Nil with uh, a heavy influence on on some political metal. We'll say that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, let's yeah. jump into the next one. We still have two more to get to that are new. Well, actually, three, but really one might be, you know, it's under older, lesser known, but a lot of these probably could be. Uh, we're going to go over to Norway. We did California. We did Oregon. Now we're going over to Norway for our, our NWA, our Norwegians with Attitude. <laughs> uh Great track we played from them, the NWA track. Uh, it's been a while because I think that release came out in like late, later 2018, I want to say. But they do Sounds have a like new that. album coming out called Orbital Blowout. Don't know the date yet. It's not out yet, but they did release a single called Art, or The Art of the Deal. And they released it about, well, earlier this month on March 5th, 2021. So you can check out the new single from Hella Rebellion from Norway. Uh, the Art of the Deal, we're going to check that here in just one second. I want to thank Rune for uh, taking the time to share that with us. Definitely love coming across uh, new stuff from bands we've already played and already enjoy. So uh, thank Rune again, and we are going to get into some Hella Rebellion with The Art of the Deal.
Rebellion. That was the art of the deal. I like their Damn. style. It reminds me of another thing that was titled Art of the Deal. I am uh, can't quite put my finger on it. It was uh, from the same guy who uh, tried to get a patent for the words, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, of course, talking about the the book allegedly written by Donald Trump, most likely ghost written. <laughs> <laughs> the Art of the Deal. Or so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if he tracked down these Norwegians with attitude and tried to sue them for uh, copyright infringement. Well, let's hope not. That's a waste of time. That was a good track, and uh, definitely looking forward to the, the album uh, when, when that comes out. Be on the lookout for Orbital Blowout. Yes, indeed. That was uh, that was some good sounding stuff. I mean. At Norwegians, they definitely got some attitude. I mean, they gave us black metal, for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> it's great stuff. Uh, love that band. Hello, Rebellion. Let's do one more new one before we get into our older, lesser-known section here. We're getting ever closer to where we're going to do the interview, but we have so many great tracks to play before then. So next up, we're going to play the band Mad Mulligans. We've played them on the show quite a few times since December. They released their EP, who are the Mad Mulligans officially on December 30th of 2020. And we played uh, some of those tracks. I want to thank Albie for reaching out uh, for the band and, and for this particular track. Uh, if you're unfamiliar or didn't listen to those episodes or forgot, they are from Brooklyn in New York. Guys in the band uh, in the band also play in other bands that we've played recently too, Schism and Wrench. We played those bands. Uh, I want to thank Wynn for uh, reaching out on those particular bands, but it's just awesome when you get to see, oh, there's a band, I like this band. Oh, guys in that band, we're in other bands. We'll play some of those bands. And we still have some bands to check out and we'll probably include here in the next little bit. Not sure when. We have so many tracks, uh, episodes filling up, interviews filling up, all that stuff. But uh, The Craze and Dark Side NYC are definitely bands on my radar to be checking out and get on the show as well. Guys in those bands also in this band, Mad Mulligans. So the point is, as we played the tracks, this is new, uh, officially released in the UK on March 22nd after the other original release date, which I said was December 30th. So there's the EP is being released in the UK on Damn It Records. It has alternate graphics, and it has this track as an extra track. So... Go check out Damn It Records. If you're in the UK, you should definitely get it because it has the bonus track, which was recorded after the original was released in December. So we're going to play that bonus track here that you can get on the UK version over on Damn It Records. Here is Mad Mulligans, and the track is Divided We Fall. Don't blink. Pay attention. It's a quick one. Here we go. Yeah. 
That was Divided We Fall by Mad Mulligans. And again, you can get it if you go get that new version or UK version, as it were, over on Dammit Records. Love Mad Mulligans. Love all the other bands that we've played. Schism and Wrench. And looking forward to playing The Craze and Dark Side NYC in the future. And looking forward to everything else that all of those bands, including Mad Mulligans, has coming forth. Thank you again to Albie. Eric, let's do some older, lesser-known stuff. What do you got? Well, I got not necessarily older. This has been like a... This, as far as I know, is a newly released track, although the release date is unknown. Right. I couldn't figure it out either. I'd figure it's in February, but don't even know for sure. Yeah. But I did come across it from from an article from the uh, MyanmarMix.com, and that article just came out a few days ago on the 26th so so yeah it's an article uh basically about a band called Catelarazzo who is from uh, uh who is from Yangon Myanmar or Burma as some people refer to it as uh and it's a what is it? it's basically a super group including some other Myanmar bands such as the Rebel Riot, Culture Shock, The Outcast, and The Slingshot as well as other international bands. And they formed this collective called Cazero uh, Lazzo. God damn. Which is, uh, if you know Spanish, is uh, the word for casserole. Okay. Yep. <laughs> How fitting. And uh, Yep. And uh, I got the article in front of me, and there's some things that uh, uh, to the release of this song and this band that are in the form of civil disobedience and protest, because as to why this song was written. It's like, it says, punks from Myanmar and across the world have released a pro-democracy anthem to raise awareness for the ongoing military crackdown in which soldiers and police have shot dead children among other atrocities. Wow. Yeah. And the, and this form of protest where uh, the word casserole uh, stems from uh, was a form of protest popularized in 1971 when women banged empty pots on the streets to demonstrate against food shortages in Chile. Okay. Yeah. So, so people in Burma have taken to this, uh, the, uh, the practice of clattering pots and pans together in the streets just to, just, to just to exercise civil disobedience and just this, uh, and just, exemplify their outrage pretty much so so the band itself uh Cacel, uh is releasing has released a song called the night will not be silenced uh paying homage to the noisy protest and also to the people who've been killed by the security forces since the since me and uh since Myanmar's coup right <clears throat> And the article says uh, 320 as of Thursday, according to the activist group, the Assistance Association of Political Prisoners. That's how many people have been taken from this planet. Wow. <laughs> yep. And those who have fallen a meme past pro democracy struggles against the military. So, yeah, this, uh, uh, I was telling, uh, we were talking earlier before the episode that as long as uh, unrest, civil unrest exists anywhere in the world, it's all the more reason to have a, to take uh, out the aggression through a musical standpoint. And that's why punk exists worldwide. Right. So many places have 
have places like have incidents like this going around and some of it is more uh, more obscene and more intense than other places and right now we're talking about Myanmar and and yeah you can find it on the you can find the song on their band camp you can find it on the you can also go to the MyanmarMix.com that that article and you can uh, you can sign up to donate to the cause as well and any proceeds that come about as a result of Bandcamp downloads or purchasing of the songs, all that will be going to support Myanmar's civil disobedience movement. Awesome. So, so yeah, with that said, uh, let's hear what these guys have to offer in the song, the single, The Night Will Not Be Silent.
Eric, is it just me, or did that sound like a hardcore version in some other language of Dust in the Wind for the last, like, 45 seconds? <laughs> yeah, it did, did kind of have that. <laughs> I have no idea what they were singing, so maybe they were, you know, the, the beginning of the track, you know, for the first, like, three quarters of the track, anyway, didn't sound like that to me, but maybe that was something that they were talking about. Maybe that is relevant to what they were saying, but obviously it's in another language, whatever language they speak there in Myanmar that I am not aware of. I, I don't know what it is, Burmese or something? I think some, I think it is the, that is the language in question. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I'm going to look that up real quick. Well, while because, you do, yeah, it did have its, uh, it did have its little English bits right here that I was able to, you know, pull your head out the sand. Right. Uh, but when yeah, you have Burmese, okay, perfect. Well, when, when you have, you know, four plus bands, uh, involved with a particular project there, there's a variety that you can add into it. And I, I think there was definitely some in, uh, Burmese there, especially it, at the end, I didn't hear him saying anything about dust in the wind, but the sound kind of <laughs> reflected that. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man. But even, so, yeah, even so like all this, uh, disobedience is uh you know it's trying to make the whole uh the capitalist and fascist intricacies of this uh of the cause of this upright and they're trying to make that dust in the wind they're trying to make that <laughs> trying to get past it soon it'll just be nothing but a little uh little footnote in uh yeah in the future right absolutely well Great track. Get out there, support it. I mean, throw a dollar, a couple dollars, whatever you want to throw towards it. But, you know, anything helps. And it was a cool track. Yeah, it was. Cool track with a, you know, with a, an agenda behind it. Absolutely. And that's definitely something we can back here. Help them get uh, throw, overthrow the military that overthrew their democracy. Help them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seriously. I mean, we t- we talk big game over here, how we're not going to let the government control our lives. Well, other people are feeling the same thing. So, again, remember the communal aspect of which punk resides. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's play some more punk. Uh, we're getting closer to that interview. Next up, let's play the band Passion Play. All one word, Passion Play. They're from Providence, Rhode Island. I want to thank Paul for reaching out and sharing music from the band Passion Play off their self-titled album, Passion Play, which came out October 18th of 2020. So it's not that old. I mean, it's about, what, six months-ish? Coming up on six months? Five and a half? Yeah. Whatever, something like that. Uh, not older, or, but maybe a little bit lesser known. We definitely don't get to play enough bands from Rhode Island, Rhode Island being small anyway, but... That's awesome that these guys reached out. We get to play a band from Providence, Rhode Island, Passion Play. Thank you, Paul. Uh, It is described by the band as chaotic, melodic, hardcore. Let's listen to some. Both tracks are under two minutes. I say both tracks because they were shorter. So to get a good idea of this band from Providence, Rhode Island, I threw them both on. So let's listen to Stumbling, followed by A Sermon for the Six. So we're going to play back-to-back tracks from Passion Play. We'll see what you think. First up, Stumbling, then again, followed by A Sermon for the Sick. (laughs) 
back-to-back a sermon for the sick was the one we just listened to the band is passion play eric what'd you think of passion play well i i sense the heavy converge influence a lot of the uh maybe not quite so mathy but a lot of angular riffs in there and just the and just the speed of it it really brought me back to uh uh kurt baloo's style and of course the vocals as well sounded quite a bit like uh, uh mr bannon <laughs> Awesome. And uh, yeah, and that seems to be such a resurgence in the realm of like a like Sea of Space Cowboy and Cult Leader and Call of the Void. They're all kind of bringing back that converged sound, but making it a bit more, a bit grimier, maybe a little more simplistic, not quite so math ridden. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's what that's what I got from these guys. The uh, uh, the what is it? The Passion Play. Passion Play. That. Yep. yep, passion play. Would you describe it as chaotic, melodic, hardcore? I would say it leans more on the chaotic side because, yeah, like I said, all the all the weird riffing and uh, just the the rabid pace of it. Yeah, it it feels more atonal, but I'm not really getting more of the melodic side. Maybe more of their discography heats more to that uh, more to that paradigm. But yeah, melodic was just kind of like a I don't know if it if it exists in there. I didn't catch it. I'm all right with it. I prefer my hardcore less melodic. <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> melodic hardcore does have a place, and it does have a it does have a feeling to it. It's got a lot of energy on it, right. but but yeah, it wasn't quite seen it here. But either way, I like it. Knows. Get out and check out Passion Play, their self-title that came out back in October. Those tracks, Stumbling and A Sermon for the Sick. Eric, you have a great cover-to-cover album you're going to do, and then we'll get to the interview. So let's do your album. What would you pick? Well, we're going to exist. We're going to stay over in uh, the UK for a while, and we're going to go right to London. You know, where a lot of of the great uh, punk rock acts came through, and we're going to be talking about one killing joke. Excellent. Oh yeah, Killing Joke, one of the one of the bands that helped take uh the new wave sound, the sound of like Depeche Mode and Devo and the Stranglers and uh all great bands in their own right, but Killing Joke kind of took it a bit more a bit more like Joy Division did, but instead of being a bit more like a doomy, gloomy, sitting in your room and just feeling sorry for yourself, uh depressing kind of uh <laughs> dance music. You know, which was more entitled to the gothic realm of things. Killing Joke took it took it a different way and became one of the instigators of what we know as industrial music. Awesome. And they were some of the first to do this. Evan uh, formed in 79. They released their self-titled album the following year in 1980. And it still had that dance vibe to it. People who were listening to Depeche Mode and Joy Division and Killing and uh, and Devo could find themselves easily getting pulled in by Killing Joke and their and their different style, and yeah, there is some great, there is a lot of great dancing right here. And Killing Joke, yeah, they became they became famous a little bit further down the road when they were starting to get a bit more of a poppy vibe. Their song '80s, I love the '80s, comes comes to mind when they get it. That's one of their biggest uh, selling singles. And yeah, it's some good stuff coming from that respective album. But the first one, I listened to it three times in a row in the same day. It is that catchy. It is that good. It is 
it's just it's just emblematic of where new wave was being taken the new wave sound in into darker more mechanical sounding realms and that's where the term industrial comes from it sounds like it was crafted in the surroundings of a of like a machine factory pretty much awesome <laughs> and, and yeah that's what it sounds like in here they were you know killing joke one of the most cutting edge bands and it all started with this album the self-titled and one of the best uh, danceable ones i heard on this one was called war dance so war dance it's fun and it's uh, really weird sounding, but much like the title ensues, it makes you want to dance in a war. So we'll say that. War dance. Let's go for it. <laughs> Right. 
so there you go that's the war doms yes <laughs> yeah so you see what i mean with that seven that really uh technological feeling to it right down to the vocals as well that's being muffled almost like it's coming from a coming from an auditory digital landscape pretty much <laughs> right yeah it's yeah, and it's weird and that's what made them such a standout band in the in the really pervasive and vastly growing scene within the UK <laughs> right and <clears throat> And yeah, this to me is like their uh, grimiest album. This is when you can still feel the all the warts and the roughness and this kind of sandpaper vibe to it. <laughs> you know, where further down the road they got a little bit more uh, more pure and they had like a you know and got a little more polished up, a little more clean and and yeah, still some good stuff. It's stuff that you would he- sooner hear in a in a bar or a club. You know, not to get anybody. Uh, too riled up but this stuff got got all the even the punk elitist on board <laughs> like yo it's different but you know what it's still heavy we still like it <laughs> excellent i like it yeah there we go so yeah the next one i the next song i chose was the weight and this one i got because i had a weird introduction to it there is a version of the song and i heard it uh I was introduced to it through School of Rock, and it, it was just a song that was playing on the uh, playing while they're leaving the school and going to uh, uh, going to audition for the Battle of the Bands. And I was like, "Oh, this is a cool song. This sounds heavy." And it was "The Weight" by Killing Joke, but it was not their version. It was the cover version, which exists on Metallica's Garage Incorporated record. <laughs> yeah. Still a good cover, nonetheless, but it wasn't the original. So, and I was young. I went to go check out the band Killing Joke, and that's where I heard the version of this song. And I wasn't quite adept to the sound. I was like, okay, I I think I like Metallica's version better because, you know, young 12-year-old headbanger has to be pure, has to be heavy, no electronic influence. Yeah, yeah, fuck that. Anyway, (laughs) yeah. Now that I have grown and matured and become a little more adapted to different styles of music, this in particular, I start to, you know, I really appreciate this song a lot more. It has a very interesting quality to it. I mean, so much so that it attracted these uh, early 80s thrashers. I mean, there's, of course, there's something of worth in there. <laughs> even out, Even outside the fact that it's by a very amazing band with some very amazing tracks from a very amazing album. This is one of those tracks. This is The Weight.
ghost kill a joke oh yeah so yeah in that song you can see how they were crossing so many hairs i mean the uh uh, the sort of electronic bits of uh, new wave, the uh, just the intricate and intense riffing of what you'd sooner hear in a metal song, and then of course the just straight up aggressiveness and sn- and the snottiness of punk rock. So, <clears throat> and again, I think Killing Joke uh, doesn't really get enough credit for crossing one, two, three threads and putting it in one cohesive uh, outlet, pretty much. So. But yeah, killing joke. All respects to those guys. <laughs> Excellent. It's good stuff. Uh, it's brought us to the interview. We're going to stay in the UK, just like you were alluding to. Uh, the band yep. <laughs> is from Essex in the UK. The band is the Stereotypes. They started as a band in 1978 and released the Countdown EP in 1979, which became one of the, or the rarest, actually, the rarest uh, vinyl there for collectors in the UK, and then the band got back together. So the band actually ended shortly after. They released one EP, did one show, and then they were done as a band, and then found out uh, that that EP was the rarest and most collectible EP there in the UK. We're going to get into all of that in the interview in just a moment in better detail, but I just want to give you a brief uh, overview of who we're going to be talking to. They restarted again uh, back in 2013, and we'll talk all about those things. We're going to get an idea of who you're going to be uh, hearing about. We're going to play a couple tracks and then do the interview and then do one more track. So they released the album Forward. They released it on March 5th, so earlier this month, just a few weeks back. And we're going to play a track called Parisienne. We'll talk about it for a moment, and then we'll play one more, then we'll do the interview. So the interview's coming. Let's listen to a couple tracks. Here is The Stereotypes with Parisian. That's amazing, yeah. That's really amazing. So yeah, if you told me that in French, I would be amazed. She was the only one who 
came to my head. It was her took me up the shelf. It was her came to my rescue. She was the one who took me from you. She was the one who took me away. Now I got a permanent stay. I can't go a day without her. Are you sure you've never met her? The Parisian hit a wrong woman. 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 All right, so that's the first track and kind of what you were talking about where, uh, you know, New Wave was going with Killing Joke, and I think these guys kind of have some of that sound. We talked about it in the interview as well, and yeah. it gives you an idea of where we're heading with this band, uh, with the sound. It's good to hear a couple tracks. In case you haven't heard of them or heard their new release yet, uh, you get a good idea of what we're getting into. The story is great. This is more of story time, less of an interview. I mean, we asked some questions, but it was, it was fun. Yeah, it really was. <clears throat> and he had just someone who was so full of knowledge, <clears throat> so full of, uh, and so full of stories from back when punk was in its, uh, was taking its first steps. No right. Less. <laughs> and, and being a so, part of it as well. And being a part of, you know, creating some of those first steps. Yeah. And the, uh, and of course, just the whole thing dealing with the uh, uh, their one seven inch that they released, and now it's the rarest, the rarest of the bunch, right? <laughs> from that time, it's pretty awesome. It's just uh, yeah. And now that the demand has gone up, of course, of course, it makes sense to get the to give the band another chance. Right, I would totally, and you get to hear all about it. We're going to talk with Ash here in just a moment. Let's listen to one more track then the interview, and then we'll actually play another track. You can get a good idea of what you're going to hear from that great new release forward. Let's listen to the stereotypes doing Goodbye, Cruel World. We do talk about, I think, all of the tracks that we're playing on the show we're talking about in the interview, so you can get a little extra insight into the tracks, including this one, Goodbye, Cruel World. That's right, so... Um... I said goodbye, cruel world, 
Joining us now from the stereotypes, we have Ash. Ash, thank you for joining. Thank you for having me. It's lovely <laughs> to be here in Salt Lake City. Sunny Salt Lake City. Yeah, today, maybe not so uh, sunny. <laughs> yeah, it's more gloomy outside right now. <laughs> yes. March is always weird here. Be better than the UK. It's, it's raining at the moment, but, you know, oh. that's what we do. That's what we do here. Right. <laughs> 
you guys, uh, as the stereotypes, we want you to tell us the story. So start at start at the beginning. Like, when did the stereotype start? Because this is a great story. You and I were talking just before we got going with the interview. I mean, this is a movie that would be an interesting movie and a documentary that we'll talk about that here later on. You get to that part, too. So tell us about the stereotypes. Okay, so the stereotypes were a typical school band. Uh, we formed in 1978, the height of the punk movement, and we played. We were playing punk music. We were very young, 13 years old. Uh, we recorded one single, the Countdown EP. We played one gig, had a massive row, and split up and never spoke again. And that was the end of the stereotypes. Within a year, by 1979, they were gone. So wow. fast forward. <laughs> fast forward to about five years ago, and I'm contacted by Dizzy Holmes, who runs Detour Records in the UK, who the first thing he said to me is, are you sitting down? And I said, yeah. He said, "Um, and you're the singer from The Stereotypes? And I said, yeah, I think so. (laughs) And he said, do you know that that single that you did, the Countdown EP, is now the rarest punk single of the era, and it's worth £1,200 a copy? And I thought, what? (laughs) <laughs> how's that happened he said well apparently a collector got a copy and then all the other collectors wanted it so it became the rarest punk single of the era as a magazine in the uk called record collector they did a big um two-page spread on it and i just thought well am i in some kind of parallel universe how has this happened anyway, <laughs> so um dizzy said to me do you like speak to any of the guys in the band I said well I haven't actually spoken to them for like 30 years so I don't know where they are I don't even know if they're alive you know it's been a really really long time he said well look if you can track them down then maybe we can put out an album or do something so we said I said okay I'll, I'll do my best and amazingly I tracked down three of the band members there's one still missing Chris Murray he's never been found so we don't know where he is but um, we got back together went to a studio started playing and it was exactly like 1979 the vibe was there we had arguments again it was exactly the same thing it really is a parallel universe so We started rehearsing and somebody came up with a tape of that one and only gig that we did back in 1979. So we listened to it and tried to work out the songs that we did back in the day. And we kind of pieced them together as best we could. And then we started playing them. We did a set, went and played live and loads of people turned up and it was really really exciting being back together again and we said okay then let's try and do this album and as you know two weeks ago out it came yep that's (laughs) awesome (laughs) that is so cool it's it's such a great story Uh, like I was telling you it's just one of those things that would be a great movie it'd be a great documentary if you had uh, footage available from you know, the, the first shows or any audio from the first shows, as you described, you did. And then maybe some audio and video and such from when you guys were working it out and trying to get back together and make for a great documentary, uh, give just a great plot and storyline for a movie, both. And like I told you, it's 
one of those things that you'd watch in a movie like, this is amazing, but this wouldn't ever happen. This isn't a real thing that could happen, but it is a real thing. <laughs> well, in, in, in true stereotypes fashion, there was actually a film called Roll on the Stereotypes uh, about when we got back together and about the single in 1979. If anyone wants to hear that, then if you go on YouTube and type in Stereotypes Countdown, you'll be able to hear what we were doing back in the day. But they made a film, and in true stereotypes fashion, the producers of the film had a massive fallout, and all the footage was lost. It was shown once in a cinema in London and never seen again. So the theme uh, <laughs> <laughs> continues, but uh, we do, we're trying to break that and see if we can carry on. But yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, there's stuff out there, there's, there's old pictures on the album, you know, there's pictures, there's actually a picture from the gig in 1979, the one and only gig, and obviously we've got some new pictures. If you go to our Facebook page, stereotype at stereotypes.uk, or just at Stereotypes UK, then you can see what we've been up to and what we're doing. But one thing I'd like to say is we're also looking at the moment at going in the Guinness World Book of Records as the world's laziest band. Because because <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the record is the longest time between a debut single and debut album, 42 years. That's, <laughs> that's going to be hard to do. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. Because yeah, you you often hear the story of like uh, punk bands that had started back in the day. They maybe press a single or two and then that's the end of it. You don't really see them reunite, especially not after decades later. So, yeah, this is a first uh, thing for me as well. <laughs> just to yeah. witness. I, it just it just really, really bizarre. And then... After um, we got back together, we started working on the album, which was uh, a real adventure. And it's great to see how the guys had progressed and the styles of music they were into. But I was very clear that, you know, we were a punk band then and we should be a punk band now. And we've tried to keep that vibe the whole way through the album, even though um, there's lots of tracks on there that got a slightly different style of music. It's still got the punk ethos. Which tracks um, did you get? Parisian. We, the, and we had Goodbye Cruel World. Yes. And Cities. And Cities, there you go. Those are the ones that we had. Great tracks. And then, what is it, about 12 on the album? I was just looking at that this morning. There's um, 12 tracks on the album, but I shouldn't say this, but as I love Salt Lake City so much, I'm going to tell you, if you leave the album playing, there's two secret tracks. So. Oh, Awesome. Just for SLC Pumpcast. I'm not telling anyone else that, just you guys. Fair so, enough. Yeah. We appreciate that. That's all right. <laughs> SLC Pumpcast exclusive. Yes. So, <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, those, those tracks that you've got, well, Parisian's a great one because that's on the original EP, Parisian. And on the original EP, it was actually a misprint and it was spelt wrong because it's spelt Parisian, S-I-A-N, which is male. So it's actually a gay love song because it's about, it's supposedly about a woman, but it's not. So the, we've done a new version of Parisienne and done it about a woman as such. But um, 
So we're really, really pleased with that one. We've been doing it live and it was going down really well. The other tracks you mentioned, Goodbye Cruel World's quite funny. That is a brand new song. We wrote that last year, but I misunderstood what it was about because I thought it was maybe a song about suicide or, you know, Goodbye Cruel World. I didn't really understand what James, who wrote it, was talking about. So that's the way I've always sung it, as if it was, you know, us saying, well, that's it, we've had enough, life's awful, you know, goodbye, cruel world. But he actually wrote it as a celebration of ending an old way of life and starting a new one. So I've been singing it in a completely wrong way for all this time, but I'm not <laughs> going to stop. That's the kind of thing I do. And the final track you mentioned, Cities, that is an original that we did at that gig. Um, and we've just added things like piano and um, a slightly different vibe to it. The other track I'd like to mention that's on the album is one that I wrote called I Hate Work, which is um, my universal anthem to the people because I, I do hate work and I don't care who knows it. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people will agree with you on that. I hate yep. <laughs> yeah, I, it. For the people, I understand your pain and that's why I wrote it. <laughs> that's awesome uh, great sounds we've heard the three tracks and I didn't get a chance I noticed it was on Spotify so people can go check it out on Spotify it's on iTunes so I assume it's on Apple Music as well Eric has Apple Music I I have Spotify but on iTunes I was trying to listen to some of the tracks and some you know you can sample some of the tracks some of them yeah. would let me listen the other ones I don't know if what it is, if it's just my iTunes or if other people get this, but you know, it's like five seconds long and there's nothing that plays. But about uh, half of the tracks, I think, or there was a handful. So I remember uh, Volt City played, and I think there were, I can't remember which of the other ones. So on top of those three tracks that uh, I did get to hear, Volt City as well, or at least a, a portion of it this morning. Yeah, that that's um, an original, the drummer. Um, mostly wrote that. That's an original from back in the day. That's not me singing. I sing on it live, but it's the one with the one track on the album that James the bassist sings on. So um, you know, it's something slightly different. So when we play live, I tend to play guitar on that one. But uh, in terms of where you can get hold of the album, obviously we know Spotify. It's available on Amazon.co.uk and on Detour Records. And what has been so surprising about it? is the response because people really, really like it, which we're very, very pleased about. And they like the diversity on the album. And so far it's been played, uh, tracks have been played in the US, uh, Austria, France, UK, Germany. Oh. We've had reviews all over Europe. I've done another review with Record Collector, who are really excited about the album. And it's just picking up, you know, pace with people really liking it. And we just pleased that after all this time you know whereas people liked it back in 1979 they still like it in 2021 right so uh, maybe we should have kept going but who knows <laughs> what will happen we'll probably have another big fight and that'll be the end of that but you never know <laughs> well you have played shows so i did see the live play of countdown from your first show together uh, hmm. i think it was like 2015 or 2016 i was watching yeah. that on youtube also so you have played that show how many shows have you guys played together since getting back together from that show getting back together we've played about uh about 10 shows mainly in london but we spent the time you know rehearsing and recording the album 
the plan is now we're getting together for rehearsals in early April and we're looking at playing in the summer when we're at, you know out of lockdown and we're allowed to play right. so yeah that's what we want to do next we want to go and play live and play the album and uh, we're really really looking forward to that and you know I have a lot of fun on stage I like to go in the audience and join in I, it's just one gig we did uh, the audience were having a great time and I thought well I, w- I want to join in too so I just jumped off stage and just did the rest of the set with the audience and that went really well so I'll probably do that again hopefully nobody punches me in the face or anything but you know <laughs> it's all rock and roll it's all punk <laughs> right it might throw you off for a second but you'll get right back into it yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> exactly. One of the bouncers throw me out. Yeah, I, I, I think that, yeah, one of the gigs I did many, many years ago, I did actually get thrown out of. I went off stage and one of the bouncers threw me out and I'm saying, like, I'm the singer in the band. It's like, I don't care, you're going out. So uh, <laughs> you've got to be careful. But as I say, it's all fun. It's all fun. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's really a case of we're very surprised by the response we were expecting you know people to like it but not this much and not to sort of pick up on the the um all the different styles of music um we know um some people who are involved with uh, alice cooper have started mentioning the album and saying that they really really like it so i don't know where that will lead wow. but hey you know, it's the stereotypes <laughs> everything's fair game <laughs> right <laughs> yeah so you, you talked about a couple of the tracks that were originally done back in, you know, 1978, 1979. And then you guys have, you know, listened to the old audios, reworked it, figured out what you did, and then recorded it. From the original single, was the, on the original recording that was selling for $1,200, how many copies did you say you made? Like 50? Yeah, there were only 50 of them. And there were four tracks on it, uh, Countdown. Parisienne, Champagne Suicide, and Telephone Affair. And the one track that's on Forward, the the new album, is Parisienne. Although uh, Countdown is sampled for Goodbye Cruel World. The Countdown at the beginning of Goodbye Cruel World is sampled from the original track. Okay. Uh, and, And when we play live, we will play the original EP you know, because there's been such a fuss about it worldwide. So, yeah, we'll sure. play it with that band. But it's just nice to be able to try some different styles. I think we've improved. I hope we have. But, um, yeah, it, it's just a case of um, seeing where we go next and getting out there and playing live and hopefully coming back on SLC Punkcast with new stories. Yes. Yeah, right. once you get to get out and, and create some new stories, that would be awesome. I'm going to throw out there, if there's any screenplay writers out there, they should contact you because I really do think that would be a fantastic movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the original guys are there, so we can actually put something together that that would show how it was back in 79 and the progression since we got back together in, say, 2015, 2016, and where we're up to now. You know, the journey from the original single to the debut album. And hopefully there'll be another album. We are already working on songs for that. But uh, 
I'm hoping it will take slightly less than 42 years, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just call it a, the stere- stereotypes, the sequel. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, look, the movie is, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> who could play me in the movie, though? There, there's something to think about. Right. You you pick. <laughs> who, who do you want to play you in the movie? <laughs> Ooh. Donald Trump. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean that. I don't know where that came from. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. Anyone. Me. I, I'd be good playing it in the movie because right. I know all the stories. So, yeah, I, I'd do it. I don't mind. That that would be awesome. I think that would be a really great movie for people that want to listen to the original four tracks you said that they can go to YouTube, right? The, it, yeah, it's available to hear there. Uh, it's probably best to keep those tracks just because how rare it is. I think that's uh, just a phenomenal thing. You know, if people want to hear it, go to YouTube for any of those 50 original recordings of it that are still around. You, you know, leave that for the collectors. You guys are going to play the tracks at the live shows and then yeah. continue to create more music. I, I think, you know, from the tracks that we heard, I was telling you before we got going on the recording, I think that there is a good variety in sound. When Eric and I were listening to him together yesterday, talking about how it does have that great classic punk sound that you get from bands, you know, original recordings from back in the late 70s and early 80s, which is phenomenal. I like that sound. And as I told you, I think it's great when bands are creating new music, but with that same uh, same type of a sound. So you know, kind of the best of both worlds there. And then in the sense that, you know, I haven't heard all of it yet and I definitely want to get out and check more of it out, but it does kind of have in in at least one of those songs, kind of that early new wave before new wave became real poppy type sound. So definitely some, a variety of sounds. You had the piano in cities. So really cool. Definitely something that people should check out. I, I like it. And, you know, after they get to hear some of the songs here, I, I think that they definitely will. And go to YouTube. Go listen to those original four tracks. I'm going to. I, I've only heard Countdown, like I told you, on your live recording of your performance from four or five years ago. I think it said 2015. It was either 2015 or 2016, but it showed you guys on stage playing it live. And so I definitely want to go back and hear the original recording from back in 1979. I think that'd be awesome. Uh, with that, uh, there were only we only know of four copies that the band have got. However, James, the bassist, took it upon himself to do a video when all this furore kicked off about the single and uh, decided to break one. So I then did a video and I broke one. So now there's only two left that we know of. So. <laughs> Makes it even more rare. Uh, it'd probably be going for more than twelve hundred dollars or twelve hundred pounds. But yeah, the, uh, with the stereotypes, the story's bizarre. We are bizarre. We don't really know what we'll do next. We're just going to get out there, play some gigs, and uh, see where it takes us. If anybody wants to do a movie, I would love to get involved in that. There really is a story here for scriptwriters to have absolutely. To and yeah, yeah, if we can, we've got quite a lot of interest in the States, so it would be great to come out and play. We've, we've been asked to play in Vegas, which we're more than happy to do. And yeah, yeah, if we can get together and do a little tour of America, that would be fantastic. Because of course. As as <laughs> well, as far as I'm concerned, my favourite punk band is The Ramones. And 
they were the sound of punk, much as the pistols were the look and the identity and the, you know what what trouble they caused in the UK kicked it all off. The sound was the Ramones, and that, that was the first real punk band I heard. So much as punk is seen as a UK thing, realistically, with Iggy Pop, Ramones, it was America where it all started. So I, you know, I would love to come out and uh, go back to where the authentic sound of uh, punk came from. Absolutely, it'd be great. Yeah. I, I think that you would be able to wherever you would want a tour. I mean, if you come to Vegas, there's so many places, especially California, that's not too far. Uh, we're not far, so if you're not even you're not able to make it to Salt Lake, we're about five and a half or so hours from Las Vegas. But we would definitely travel. I would love to go see your band play. And if you make it up here, then we would definitely make sure that there was a, a great show for you to play. And so if you if you get to do that, you know, this year, next year, whenever it happens to be, that would be phenomenal. Oh, yeah, we'll let you know. We definitely, you know, we definitely want to do something like that. And as I say, I'll come back on SLC Punkcast and let you know what's going on. But we're going to play live, and then it's a question of who wants us to come and play. Right. Uh, we festivals in the UK and quite a lot of punk gigs. There's been people that have wanted us to play um, their venues for quite a long time now, but because of the pandemic, we've not been able to do anything. So they're first in line for us to do shows around the UK. But from that point on, the two other countries, America's really picked up on the album and uh, France and Austria. So initially, we perhaps look at going over to France, going over to Austria and doing a couple of shows. But yeah, the the ultimate dream is to come and play America. That'd be great. That'd be great. (laughs) West Coast, East Coast or both. Yeah. or whatever you can fit in would be great. It's just awesome. Such a cool story, and, and I appreciate you sharing it with us. A couple questions on format. So the original single, what format were those 50 copies on? It had to be uh, vinyl. vinyl. Okay. Seven-inch seven vinyl, uh, original single, however many of them there are left, I do not know. Um, <laughs> less than 50. <laughs> yeah, less than 50. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, that's on seven-inch vinyl, and the album is on CD and uh, iTunes, uh, you know, MP3 download or MP4 download uh, and Spotify. But we've been asked, are we going to do a vinyl version of the album? And the answer to that is once we've sold the CDs to a level that we're happy with, then we're going to do a vinyl version. But that's definitely coming in the future because... Certainly the collector's point of view, they would like a vinyl version. And I think for a punk album, it should be on vinyl. So that's something right. that we're going to be doing this year, to get a vinyl version and uh, maybe put a couple of new tracks on it or something like that, make it slightly different. That's awesome. That that yeah. would be really cool. And if you are working on new music, and so many bands are, and it's just weird over the last year, you know, on one hand, you know, people might not be able to get together as much, definitely can't really do shows, but a lot of people yeah. were able to get together and put music together and release music. The weird drawback is, is typically once you do that as a band, you go out and you play that music for a while, and then you're back in recording and putting out something new at some, you know, a year or two or whatever after. 
and I'm sure is the case for you, it sounds like. Fortunately, your release was now as opposed to maybe six months ago or something like that. But weird when you get to release music, especially in your circumstance, you know, 42 years after your previous release, but you're in that situation where you're about ready to be like, oh, well, we're going to have a few more songs. Maybe we'll get together, record those, and put those out before you really get a chance to go out and play you know, like you said, all the shows that you want to play in the UK and then France, Austria, and then coming here, you know, by the time you make it here to the US, you might be ready for another album after. I would think so. <laughs> um, there were about four songs that didn't make the album that we just felt didn't fit into what we were doing or weren't quite right. I mean, they were pretty punky and pretty noisy, but they just didn't feel right. So there's those ones. And as I say, if we do a vinyl album, then I would like to either include tr tracks or change tracks, um, just keep it evolving. I mean, the, the, way, the stereotype story is pretty organic because things just sort of happen, like with the single, like with the film, and like with the album. So we'll just keep going in, 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 that, in that vein and see where we can take it next. But in terms of new music, we're kind of, you know, ready to go with it. And yeah, we'll play live probably in the next two months. I think we'll be allowed to in the UK and we'll just try some new tracks and see what happens, see if people like them. That's awesome. And it gives you the freedom and the, the ability, like you said, if you put out a uh, you know, a vinyl, you have extra tracks all ready to go that you can throw as maybe a bonus on there. Or if you choose to do a split, like, you know, somebody else comes across or you came across somebody else, like, hey, you know, we have these maybe two tracks and you guys interested in doing a split with, you know, if you go on tour in France or in Austria, maybe a band before you go on tour there, you set up a split or even here in the U.S., in an area that you might end up touring and you can put a split together and you already have some tracks ready to go and you can sell on a seven inch when, when you'd happen to do that. Yeah. It could be our second seven inch release. That'd be brilliant. Right. Uh, or track. Yeah. I mean, it's something we could definitely do. The other thing we want to do is there's a lot of punk bands in the UK that are still going from back in the day from 1977. Right. Like the Downs, UK subs, Chelsea, 999. They're all still going. So we want to play with them. Right. Um, yeah. So that's the other thing that we're looking at. <laughs> I think a couple of them, 999 and UK subs have got shows that we're looking to get involved with. But that's what we'd like to do. On the one hand, we're playing to an audience that we know is going to like what we're doing. But it's also, you know, seeing bands from the you know authentic original punk bands from the mid-70s and seeing what they're like now. Right. And the few I've been to, they've just been fantastic the dams are wonderful sham 69 you know they can all still cut it so yeah that's that's the plan as well i want to do that this year i want to play with some of those guys from back in the day right and chelsea uh they i think they're putting out a new album in may yeah i did the crowdsourcing funding that they did it was over a year ago okay. and they did all the recording and so that new album should be out in may and so they'll probably want to be playing shows if that's you know, thereabouts when you guys get to do shows there in the UK. Yeah. So that'd be a great band to do a show with because I'm sure they're ready to go. They probably want to play some of those yeah. new tracks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, bands like, you know, Menace as well, they started playing again. It's, it's, there's a couple of promoters that 
the stereotypes are played for that go out their way to get these guys playing and it, it, they're just so good you know and it just just reminds me of you know, 1976 and 1977, when I was going to the original punk venues like the Roxy and the Roundhouse in uh, Chalk Farm and seeing people like The Damned, X-Ray Specs, uh, Menace, Sham 69, although Sham 69, it was mad when you went to see them, uh, and the Ramones. I can remember the first time the Ramones came over, they it was just amazing all the punk bands, Damned, UK Subs, uh, Sex Pistols, they all turned up to see the Ramones to wow. hear that. And so <laughs> wow. it was just amazing. It was just amazing. And um, it's great to see that these guys are still going and can still cut it. And, you know, if we do gigs together, we can um, compare walking sticks, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, that's great. I We appreciate you joining us here on the show. Is there anything else that we have not covered that we should cover about the stereotypes? No. For now, for now, I think we've covered it all, and it's been absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for having me on, and I really love what you're doing. I've been listening to all the SLC punk casts. Uh, Thank leading you. Up to you. And they're fantastic. So you guys are really, really waving the flag for punk and just keep doing what you're doing. And if you want me back at any time, if we've got some new material or anything like that, just ask and I'll be back. Absolutely. We will do that. We look forward to part two, part two of the documentary, yes. yeah. part two yeah, of, yeah, yeah. of the release, and then part two of you being on our show. And at some point we, we, we are going to try to do maybe some videos and stuff, live stuff once bands get to actually travel again. So we've, we would love to do also do something with you in person when you make it over here. Fantastic. I would love that. I would love that. Anyway, you you enjoy your... Well, it's it's only like midday there, isn't it? It's, yep, so, it's coming up on yeah. noon for us. Yeah, so you enjoy your day <laughs> and thank you so much. And let's keep in touch. I'll let you know what we're doing. Let me know what you're doing. And um, yeah, let's, let's keep this going, see where we can take it. Absolutely. Thank you, Ash. And best of luck to Stereotypes. We look forward to seeing you in person. Okay, thanks, Dustin. Thanks, Eric. Thank you, Ashley. We appreciate thank your you. time and all the compliments. <laughs> <laughs> They're well earned. Thank you. All right, let's play some more music. Okay, then. Arrivederci. Wrong. Right.
skip a beat from 1979 all the way up into you know 2013 and now 2021 with their new album oh yeah and uh yeah and it still holds that distinction of very old uh punk rock where it's just uh even the slightest thing that that really aggravates you it can be turned into a song you know i hate work yeah who can't relate to that <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> i hate work works a bitch you wouldn't want to do it if you were rich well, yeah, of course not. <laughs> right. And uh and also one thing I wanted to point it out in the in the interview when he's talking about coming up with the lyrics and the vocal patterns to uh uh Goodbye Cruel World, how he was say how he was uh making it sort of like a downer song because that's what he was feeling. And uh and even though that wasn't the uh vibe that the song was initially going for, but he still kept at it. I just want to point out, I love the blatant honesty he is about his, about the creation of a song. And that's, I mean, that's really about as punk as it gets. Honest right. output, pretty much. Absolutely. You know, so, uh, so yeah, I really appreciate uh, Ash talking about, talking about the creative standpoint, because, you know, it just uh, lifts all the veils. You see it, bones and all, and you just accept it like that. I agree. I, I thought it was great. And we should all be on the lookout for, 
a movie if it ever comes about and or yeah. <laughs> the documentary that was put out roll on the stereotypes uh hopefully that somebody finds that or gets that and is able to put it out so we can all check it out because i think it would be uh, a really cool story just like i said in the interview so hopefully we're able to find it i want to thank ash again for joining us and wish the stereotypes all the best on their new album forward and everything going forward for them oh yeah sounds like a lot is going to be moving forward especially when uh you know live performances start happening again <laughs> absolutely that'll be awesome yeah because the way he's describing the uh stage presence with the uh you know the masks <laughs> that they're wearing, right i'm like yeah that that just sounds like something to you it's a presentation of a live setting you want to be there for. i agree Hopefully we get to do that. Hopefully they get to come here or somehow, some way we get to go there. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. It would, be, it would be lovely to see a show all the way in England. I agree. I, I would travel for that one if I could. That would be great. Man, I would travel for a lot of things right now. That, that's how hard up we are. <laughs> yeah, be, I just travel just to get out of our, of our state lines. Right. I'll travel to Ogden just to get a fix. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap up the show. This time, We Eric is going a, a little more rock as opposed to metal. Because, again, we're not doing metal all the time anymore. It's going to be something. Yeah. It's going to be a surprise. Even though you see yeah. in, the, in the show notes what bands we're playing. It's going to be a surprise when you're listening to the episode. And Eric, surprise us. All right, I'm going to surprise you going all the way back to 1978 in the uh, in the slur of what we know now as classic rock. Yes, there were a ton of bands that came out of that paradigm in the 70s. That's when it was riding high. And of course, we like to we like to point out bands like Pink Floyd or Led Zeppelin or insert famous band name here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were a lot. Some of them are revered some of them are still going to this day even they're well into their 60s or 70s or even 80s they're kind of they're pushing it over there but they do what they love they love what they do and the demand is still there so they're gonna present anyway one uh, one such artist that i think gets uh slided kind of put under the kind of put under at the bottom of the totem pole is uh one artist known as warren zevon and I guarantee people have heard Warren Zevon. They just don't know it. He wrote the song Werewolves of London. Anybody remember that? Werewolves of London. (laughs) Yeah, that's the one. He wrote it. And and yeah, the album I am, it came from the album that I will be talking about today. That album from 1978, Excitable Boy. And yeah, Warren Zevon, he is a, he is a wonderful, wonderful lyricist. And just this, cutting edge musician he was uh he was doing stuff in the 70s that was yeah you could consider it avant-garde but it was still in the it was still being presented in a classic three four minute digestible musically digestible song and the song of which i am talk uh, i will be talking about is one excitable boy the title track from the album but it is one of my favorite tracks on here because he also has a he also has a ploy to tell a story in a song, and he could give you one entire narrative in just three and a half minutes, and he does it with this one. 
As the title suggests, it's an excitable boy. It talks about the little uh, intricacies of the human mind that make us act out, make us be a little more outrageous and rebellious even. But he takes it, he, he does like a complete psychoanalysis on this uh, character that he made up. And I don't want to give... I don't want to give anything away because he has a lot of twists and he has a lot of turns, just stuff that slaps in the face. And it's just a horrific lyrical output. Like you just think this is fucked up, but the music is so swingy and catchy and good feeling that you can't help, but just smile and sing along to it. And it just gives like a, just that contrast just kind of makes all your wits go, <laughs> go clashing together. So that's what makes it a very, interesting song so without further ado from excitable boy from warren zevon here is the title track from that album and let's groove and uh test our conscience on this one <laughs> kidding yeah, you see what i'm saying <laughs> it's so yeah just in that little narrative right there it just starts off it's like oh yeah he's just being a he's just being a scamp he's just being a little rascal you know but in that second verse it's like oh 
Jesus, what the fuck? <laughs> Raped her and killed her, then took her home. Right. And then, yeah, just that last verse. It's like, then he dug up her grave, built a cage with her bones. Excitable boy, they all said. <laughs> but yeah, even, even beyond that narrative, more importantly, there is a message behind this. You see where it's like uh, when kids start acting out, particularly like uh, you know, young boys who... Uh, know who are showing those uh showing those signs we just we just uh lace them off as like oh yeah he's just being a kid boys will be boys as the adage uh <laughs> perceives but yeah sometimes sometimes it's actually uh more there's a bit of an underling right there and they are just a serial killer or a rapist in the making so right. we got to be a bit more conscientious as to what our children are doing pay and more attention that. to the signs yes yeah and warren zevon he presented that in such a such a unique fashion in this song and yeah it is danceable like i said it, make, it puts a smile on your face the melodies but then that it just makes you laugh a little bit you kind of have no choice but to laugh yeah. at, at that point but yeah warren zevon yeah, he's one of my favorite artists. He's just such a such a virtuoso, both lyrically and musically. And and yeah, unfortunately, his career was was cut short. He uh, yeah, he got diagnosed with cancer, and uh, in uh, I think it was two thousand three, released uh, one album while he was uh, while he was <laughs> fighting the disease. And yeah, his last album, The Wind, another great album to check out. I mean, his old discography is worth checking out because he's got more songs like this. I'll probably avail a couple more in the in the coming days as my as my rock pick. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. So there you go, Warren Zevon, R.I.P. Wonderful artist and should be more more widely revered, in my opinion. Agreed. Well, let's wrap this show up. We got one track left. The band is called Defiant. They're from South Central Pennsylvania, and they're on Curtain Call Records. Uh, that's how I came across them. Uh, Curtain Call has a variety of like hard rock and metal, and I check out all the stuff that they share, and when we find some good stuff, I want to share it with you. There's a video out. They put a video out, so the band Defiant released a new single called Wendy. And they put out a new single, or not a single, but a new video to go with this as well. So feel free to get out and check it out. Like the band Defiant. We've played the band Defiant before. Let's listen to their new single, Wendy. And again, you can go find it over on Curtain Call Records.
That was Defiant. The track was Wendy. Again, go find it on Curtain Call Records. I want to thank them for sharing the music with us. So we can check it out and let you check it out with us. Uh, it's good stuff. I like the sound. Like it, I think I was telling you before we got going here, it's kind of a, it's like a hard rock kind of metal. It's got you know a mixture of, of of things going on. Eric, what'd you think of Defiance track Wendy? Yeah, it had that uh, a semi groove, semi new metal sound to it, and uh, and yeah, it too also had like a uh, this underlying uh, horrific uh, intentions. Where it's like I will give you one last chance to scream right <laughs> that little lyric right there I'm unintentional like, okay, is... on our parts for playing tracks that have those similarities <laughs> but, uh, it's mostly unintentional when we uh when we <laughs> coincidental that we uh put tracks together on the episode when they have a similar distinction amongst themselves <laughs> agreed well i hope you liked it go check it out it's defiant the track was wendy it's on Curtain Call Records. Let's wrap the show up. You can find us. You found us somewhere, but you can find us in a lot of places. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube Music, Amazon Music, Player FM, and SLCPunkCast.com. And we are also, well, the bands are also on Instagram, at Second Best, and that's at Second with no O, Second Best. And at Hell Rebellion, at Mad Mulligans NYC, at Passion Play PVD at Killing Joke Band, at UK Stereotypes. Thanks again to Ash for joining us on the show and talking about the band Stereotypes and their new release, Forward. It was a great interview. At Warren Zevon Official, obviously not a lot of new stuff coming out from there, but you never know, uh, <laughs> you know, new releases, uh, stranger things happen. But if you want to connect there on Facebook or Instagram, rather, you can. Uh, at Defiant17055 on Instagram for Defiant and the shows at SLC Punkcast. Eric, where can we find you? I exist over on Instagram at scaryuncle underscore Eric underscore SLC. My band also on Instagram at anonymous underscore band official. And I am also doing a secondary podcast at the uh, Rect podcast. That is at Rect official. And yeah, my band is also on Facebook at Anonymous Band SLC and on Bandcamp at anonymousslc.bandcamp.com. Awesome. And I think that covers it all. <laughs> Perfect. Well, uh... yeah. oh, and one more, one more. My, me and uh, Shawnee have started a, a bit of a side hustle where we make our own buttons. Awesome. So if you guys are interested in having buttons made for your bands, or if you want custom-made orders, we do both. We have a... But to check us out, we are also on Instagram. It is at uh, Strange and Unusual Buttons. Let's see make, if I make sure I have that right. Yeah, strange.unusual.buttons. Yeah, hence the Beetlejuice reference. So that's kind of where we're going at. <laughs> awesome. Well, get your buttons made there. Go check it out. Uh, you got pictures posted of some buttons you made? Yes, we do. We Excellent. have quite a... We have quite a few, some of which are of the symbols of the of Satanism, uh, but we also have a few band ones that we are making on the side, just uh, mostly as uh, gifts for friends right now, because we have a birthday coming up of one of our mutual friends, and yeah, we liked to we wanted to make her some buttons pertaining to Judas Priest and Iron Maiden, and also some of her favorite serial killers. 
Excellent. Well, there is yeah. going to be a variety there. Go check that out on Instagram. Go see the pictures and get your buttons ordered. You can find yeah. all the bands on Facebook at Second Best. Again, no O in second. At Hello Rebellion, at Mad Mulligans, at Casserolazo.Myanmar. Uh, they do have a Facebook page, just didn't have an Instagram page. And I'll point out that the first band, Tsunami, again, go po- find them on Twitter. I don't remember what the Twitter is. I don't use Twitter, but I know they have a Twitter page. Just didn't have an Instagram or a Facebook. At Killing Joke Official, at UK Stereotypes, at Warren Zevon Official, at Defiant17055. And the show is also on Facebook, at SLC Punkcast. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and joining and sticking around all the way up to this point. Hope you enjoyed the interview with Ash from Stereotypes. Eric, any final thoughts? (laughs) Yes, we did. Uh, uh, One final plug here. Uh, This is uh, pretty current. I used to run a Facebook page called uh, called SLC Hardcore. It's been inactive for a couple of years because a lot of stuff was happening at the time. It fell by the wayside, but I decided last night to revive it because a lot of stuff has been happening in and out of the scene. The SLC hardcore and the punk rock and the skinhead scene. And that was just a way to get people, you know, more, uh, more in touch with what is happening. And especially now the last 12 months, a lot of guys have been uh, doing very interesting and a very, very amazing stuff as opposed like the Instagram online festivals and all the releases that were coming out as a result. Uh, and yeah, so I ha- it's been inactive for quite some time, but I decided to revive it. So if you want, if you're in the SLC area and you want to know a lot of what's going on and what will be coming up now that we see light at the end of this uh, pandemic tunnel, <laughs> we will. <laughs> yep. That's where to, that's where to go to get updated on shows as well. So they will be happening again and we will be, we will be uh, bringing them straight to you. Perfect. So give that a follow as well. If you, if you want, some people are still following, sending messages, checking if we are active. Well, on that note, play the fucking outro.